1: Hey,
2: what's up everybody good evening folks
1: it's oh, uh man. wes andy and hank back here for uh, our next installment of the high ground this is our uh, beat for beat breakdown of the obi-wan kenobi series now streaming on disney plus tonight it's uh part three once again andy you're in the hot seat uh, this week mm-hmm. i was away over the weekend so i could not uh keep up with my duties so it's
3: comic-con
1: uh niagara falls comic-con it was a lot of fun um surprisingly saturday not as many people as i expected that there would be considering that they were honoring 2020 ticket holders so it was good i um on a on a other franchise note i sat in on william shatner's panel which was bizarre because i think he's going (coughs) senile Uh uh-oh However He's up there. I did He's like ninety one right he is 90. yeah, yeah, um he did talk about going to space uh not very not a whole lot though, but the the mayor of the of Niagara Falls uh was there to present him with a uh, key to the city, and the key was a one of a kind uh key made by a local artist, and then he immediately turned around, autographed it, and auctioned it off to charity in the room during the panel wow. um the opening bid came in at $5,000 and the, uh, the winning bid took it for, uh, $16,500, uh, towards William Shatner's, uh, equine therapy charity that he, uh, that he supports.
2: How much money do people bring? I was just like, I, know I don't bring that Comic much. Comic-Con
3: was 60 yeah. grand.
1: That's yeah. cool. Well, this is, I'm like, <laughs> what are
2: you expecting to find there? <laughs> so,
1: I'm like, so uh, I hope you make the checkout in Canadian dollars. <laughs>
2: <Yo>. uh, oh <laughs> American man. funds only.
1: It was fun though. Lots of fun. I got to do, uh, I got to make a couple of stops on our, uh, on our uh, location hunt. Nice. So uh, I picked up some video footage for uh, uh, one of the locations that I'll just keep that uh, quiet. And I got some really great footage of the falls, um, which will uh, feature in a future uh, episode of Phantom Power when we talk about locations and sets.
2: It's common. Awesome. Awesome.
1: Yeah, so that, it was a great weekend, though. Thank you very much.
2: Excellent. Uh, so uh, I guess we should get right into it here. Yeah. So this week's episode, it has a runtime of 47 minutes and nine seconds with the recap and credits or 39 minutes, 18 seconds without. So
1: uh, it's still happened. a long one. It it's like it's a still a, a relatively long one. I mean, the it
2: moves very fast, though,
1: the whole uh, no, no wipes thing. Yeah, it's very apparent that they are they are moving each episode at a very intentional pace uh, pacing. Yeah,
2: yeah, yeah. yeah. Synopsis for this one reads, Obi-Wan searches for allies as he attracts the attention of the Empire, threatening the locals. And again, this episode was directed by Deborah Chow, uh, written by Joby Harold, Hannah Friedman, Hussein Amini, and Stuart Beatty.
1: I guess we should throw out a uh, happy uh, belated birthday to uh, Vivian Lara Blair. Yes, we should. Who just we turned like 10, it. by the way,
2: <laughs> uh, <there you> go. <laughs> on
1: uh, June 4th. So just Too to, old uh, to play herself you now. Yeah, that's right.
2: <laughs>
1: she's aged out of the role.
2: Yeah, nah, she's got a long time to go.
1: What do we think about this episode uh, before we get into the breakdown uh, thematically? What do you guys think?
3: Deep episode. Yeah. Yeah, I've. Um, it's been Fear a while. Seems to be a. It's been a while um, since I was a little bit unnerved watching something like scared. You know. Like, yeah. Yeah. I just binge watched Stranger Things, so. Um. I think they handled what we're going to talk about, you know, what what <laughs> the uh dark side elephant in the room if you will. They handled his entrance very well because it was quite unnerving yeah. to me. Absolutely. Yeah, there was definitely some horror vibes going on throughout.
1: Uh I picked up a couple of online comments not directed at us but uh I picked up on a couple of online comments that actually made reference to uh you know, hope the kids out there who are watching this are uh you know, parentally supervised.
3: <laughs> Yeah. You know, I, I found, too, uh, part of what was disconcerting to me was the lack of Vader's theme. And and because, yeah. and not in a good way, like or not in a, sorry, not in a bad way, but in a way where that theme, when I, I, I see him, I associate that, that Imperial March with him, and, you know, the, the opening notes to his theme with him, and yeah. it's almost safe. So untethering Vader from his theme yeah. uh, was really effective at making me feel unsafe.
1: I mean, uh, I, I don't want to get too far into it before we get to the, the moment in the episode, but to see uh, a Vader that is more akin to what we know him to have been in Star Wars Legends um, is is satisfying on a level as a fan, but as you say, it is unnerving Mm. as a viewer seeing that level of, uh, of evil. Mm -hmm. Rightly earning his place on all of those top 10 movie villain lists, by the way. Yeah.
2: Hard to see the uh, good that was left in him. Yeah. At this particular juncture.
1: Well, instead let's not blow it all at the front end. (laughs) That's <laughs> uh. Anything else you wanna you wanna get off your chest before we roll on?
2: No, let's let's get into it. All right. So uh, we open our episode this week, and Obi Wan is deep in meditation on the floor of the cargo transport that he and Leia escaped from Dayu on in the previous episode, and again he calls out for Qui Gon, but then uh, the information revealed to him by the third sister it's ringing out through his head. He's alive, Obi Wan. And then we commence, like, a host of snap cuts back and forth in Obi's mind. And, you know, cutting from there over, we get to see some of the most in-depth assembly of Vader's cybernetics and armor that we've ever seen in live media.
1: I think this is the most detail we've seen since his uh, surgery.
3: Yeah. Yeah.
1: And even then, the surgery was kind of kind of tame because it was a slap a few limbs on him. and
2: yeah. yeah. And this, like, you get to see... You know, we see the prosthetic arms and legs and back armor, the voice modulator. And all the while, you know, Obi-Wan still deep in his meditation, he's disturbed, like visibly disturbed, reliving snippets and getting vocals from Qui-Gon and Yoda and Anakin. Yeah. And uh, as we approach like the final edition of that iconic helmet, we're also privy to some of the aspects of that armor that, as we've noted previously on the show, stimulate his pain and keep his rage flowing.
1: Well I was gonna say those uh prongs on the back of the chess box um did not look a hundred percent wholly uh, uh medical in nature
3: no no and the angle they approach him with all the other equipment they all have those kind of uh connections you know they, they yeah. the, the the helm goes deep into his skull um yeah disturbing I yeah. love it
1: the whole he's more machine than man now. Mm-hmm. I mean, look at the depth of those prongs. We're talking; there's a couple of inches there. Yeah. I mean, what are they connecting to? There has to be some internal replacements um, as well.
2: Oh, they go on to say that yes, there is a lot of internal yeah. organ replacement. Yeah. And these prongs have like a double, uh, double use, if you will. Uh, one, a lot of them like connect to his nervous system and monitor his vitals and whatnot. Yeah. But then the other is just to stimulate that pain.
1: I mean, the nervous system is a two-way street, right? I mean not only do you do you uh, get a uh, receive information, but you can transmit to it as well, yeah. right? So oh
3: yeah, in the comics, they make it pretty clear that this isn't the most modern tech either available. you know, like the emperor let him basically gave him this outfit because it's 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 a bit archaic and primitive, like <laughs> it's it's torturous to wear, it's heavy, it hurts. Well that that's Imagine an interesting point.
1: <laughs> you make a good point because we've seen uh we see later on we see uh, Luke Skywalker with a fully uh, flesh and blood right. uh prosthesis. Mm-hmm. We see a character like General Grievous who's a 100% droid conversion and 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 his form uh, albeit a 100% droid is a lot more elegant
2: looking.
3: Mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm-hmm.
1: Yeah
2: as the helmet finally lowers onto Anakin, uh, it snaps back and Obi-Wan's eyes open wide. And we hear that trademark, uh, as the breathing kicks in and simultaneously Ben's thoughts ring out. He's coming master.
1: Again, I think that touches back to what you had said last week, Hank, about that recognition, uh, you know, about being able to sense each other.
3: Mm-hmm. Yeah. Big time. Yeah. Yeah. And,
2: uh, we cut back and, uh, We find ourselves on Mustafar and we get our first live action interpretation of Vader's castle as it cuts into the skyline above the flowing lava rivers. And that booming voice sternly asks, where is he? Oh yeah. And there's no mistaking it. It's James Earl Jones back. But uh, we find out that the third sister is delivering news to Vader via hologram. And she relays that they have probes out covering all possible escape routes and Obi-Wan will pay for what happened to the grand inquisitor. She leads it like she's about to say for the Grand Inquisitor's death, but he cuts her off, mm-hmm. stating the Grand Inquisitor means nothing. Kenobi is all that matters.
1: Well, it's interesting that she actually puts that out there because I think we talked about it at the end of our last part that that's her only option is to make it out that Obi-Wan is the one that killed him.
2: Yeah. Um, but apparently that doesn't mean anything no, to her. does not mean anything <laughs> yeah. to him. Uh, He also goes on to tell her that he's been watching her and he knows what she seeks. And then he offers reward. If she can prove herself, the position of grand inquisitor will be hers. But if she should fail, she won't live to regret it.
1: Is that the line? You won't live to regret it. Yep. Or you will live to regret
2: it. No, he tells her you
1: won't, you won't live to regret it. Okay. That makes, that kind of makes sense.
2: But, uh, he rises from his throne and strides to the window. That's overlooking this hellish landscape. And, uh, we cut back again back on the ship and Obi-Wan's tinkering with something as Leia wakes up and in typical kid fashion, she's like, are we there yet? And can't you go make this thing go any faster? And Ben replies, it's a trade route. There's nothing it can do. But she fires back, can't you use the force on it or something? Yeah. And this question is kind of reminiscent of Finn when he suggested, you know, we'll just use the force yeah, to yeah, rescue yeah, yeah, Rey yeah. and Han shot him down. Like it doesn't work it that doesn't way. Work that way. And, then he simply replies that's not how it works.
1: Got a first comment here uh, coming in tonight from uh, Facebook and it's uh, Sean. Sean says uh, did the emperor make the suit to keep vader in pain all the time to keep him more focused on the dark side? That is correct. Yeah. Yeah. That's a 100%. that's a that is a straight up yes. Yep. <laughs> Absolutely that's a yes. Uh while we're still sort of floating around vader, do you want to talk about that voice for uh, for a minute? Yeah, we can talk about that. Okay. Um respeecher for the win um re-speecher the company that uh that was brought in for the Mandalorian that helped process Mark Hamill's voice to uh to make him sound younger also brought in to help uh James Earl Jones now that is James Earl Jones speaking but it is processed by respeecher and i had said to you guys earlier this week that it is way less uncanny valley than it was with uh, Mark Hamill what do you guys think of of uh, Vader's voice
3: loved it yeah it's it really good um it didn't pull me out at all no like it, it was just, there's parts of rebels where it pulls me out a bit because he sounds a lot he's obviously a lot older right yeah um and so, unassisted right um and so no it was it was crisp like
1: have you guys gone back and uh, checked out rogue one uh between uh, this episode and now i have not uh no i haven't so I guess there's a there's a significant difference uh, from how he sounds in Rogue One. Um, I have yet to go back and take a mm-hmm. listen to it myself. And already I've heard fans uh, sort of clamoring for, can we get a re assisted uh, redub of his dialogue in that movie? Hmm. So, yeah, but it, the voice was just fantastic this week. Very akin to uh, very crisp, very enunciative, enunciative. He's enunciating very
2: well. Yeah. Uh,
1: almost, uh, uh, ESB vibes. Ooh.
2: Yeah. And another point about him, like even the way he jumps out of that throne. Yeah. Not stiff. He's still young and mobile.
1: Yeah. He's, he's quite spry. Yeah. <laughs> we'll see more of that later on yes, we will. in the, uh, in the showdown,
2: I guess. Yeah. The showcase showdown, <laughs> you know, but, uh, back to the ship, uh, Leia, she innocently questions, you know, how does the force, how does it work? What does it feel like? And Ben pauses for a moment and turns to her and says, have you ever been afraid of the dark? And she nods her head. Yes. And he asks, how do you feel when you turn the light on? And she says she feels safe. And Obi-Wan tells her, yes, that's what it feels like.
1: That's got to be one of the best analogies of, so, uh, yeah. of the force ever.
2: Yeah. Like yeah, for a child, really even good. one as beyond her years, it's the fantastic description of
3: the force. Uh, hats
1: off to whoever came up with that line.
3: Yeah, yeah that's real he, good because they're using a feeling rather than a long-winded explanation i mean maybe i'm reading too much into it but there's like a little look of recognition on her face when when he says that and it's almost like you know okay i've touched the force then
1: yeah yeah
3: yeah and again i don't know whether she's that tremendous an actress or i mean it's likely (laughs) i don't know about you guys
1: I don't know about you guys, but I found myself sitting on the I'm sitting on my chair watching this and, and she's talking about what it's like. And I'm like, don't worry, you're going to find out not too long. Right. <laughs> it's only going to be a few more years and you'll figure it right out.
2: Yeah. But Obi-Wan, he then uh, extends his hand and he passes a newly fixed Lola back to Layla. her Layla. lay who gleefully accepts it and says, you fixed her. She then presses the button and the little droid springs to life. And she gives a Ben a sincere thank you. But the moment is short lived because the ship shakes and it's preparing to enter its landing approach. Right, right. So we get an exterior shot of the transport and uh, it's on its way to an atmospheric planet with vast red land masses. And as the ship flies closer to the surface, it passes by some heavy mining operations where we can assume the Empire is strip mining the place for its resources. Uh, The landing gear opens up and once on the ground, a loading ramp folds down and an industrial mining droid comes over to inspect the latest shipment. There's also an R5 unit running around. Yeah. And uh, other flying droids dismount from the ceiling of the craft and begin to offload the cargo. Um, They're kind of similar to the like lava droids we saw on Mustafar, but they
1: are similar. I kind of thought and I'm going to put this one to you, Hank. Mm. The uh the two-armed uh, hover uh droids there that are loading. Have we seen those in Rebels before? I
3: think so. That's what I was about to say. I think we've seen some sort of iteration of that in Rebels.
1: Yeah. Yeah, yeah. The there's a reference at some point in the in the um in the episode that refers to that droid, uh the same model of droid that we find out to be Ned B
3: mm-hmm. as a load lifter. Yeah. Yeah. They specifically reference him as a load lifter. Yeah. And we all know that reference, right? <laughs> yeah. Yeah, yeah. 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 Uh, 3PO's first job was programming binary load temperatures.
1: Very similar to your evaporators in most respects.
3: Mm-hmm.
2: Fantastic. So as the industrial mining droid supervises the cargo droids, uh, Obi-Wan and Leia, they quietly exit the ship and slip away. And as we pan across the landscape, we see two stormtroopers and a stopped hover cart full of vintrium. Ventrium uh, was a type of mineral valued at 500 credits per gram and previously, it's appeared in the online multiplayer video game Star Wars Clone Wars Adventures and yeah. Star Wars Galaxies and Empire Divided, both developed by Sony Online Entertainment.
1: The only uh, uh, online MMO that I've ever played and uh, is both the best and worst video game of all time.
3: <laughs>
1: Not at the same time. Okay. It got hammed up when they okay, when they, they broke did. it. They broke it.
3: <laughs>
1: That's a show for another time. Fair enough. It's also highly flammable, apparently.
2: It is. <laughs> um, <laughs> we catch up though, and we find Ben and Leia walking along a dusty path and they're surrounded by spiky plant life. Leia asks, Where are we? And Ben replies, Mapuzo.
1: I was thinking New Mexico, Southern California. <laughs> Maybe. <laughs> hey, this is a
2: mining operation. It is.
1: I totally, totally got the whole. Uh, I mean, we talked last uh, last week about the 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 Sabah card, and I'm like, maybe it is a Lando reference to a, to a mining planet, right? Especially given Lando's whole thing about you know having a run in with or um, uh, with the mining guild.
3: Mm-hmm. That didn't work out. Eh. <laughs> but, uh,
2: this is not the first time this planet has come up. It was first mentioned in canon in part two. But this is the first time we actually see the planet. Uh, in Legends continuity, though, uh, the Mapuzo system was first mentioned in the 2009 reference book, The Essential Atlas, that was authored by Daniel Wallace and Jason Fry. Nice. So it's been around for a couple years. Uh, ben remarks that the meeting point is further north, and as uh, long as Haja was telling the truth, but Leia... She jumps in and she questions, why would he lie? And he snaps at her. He's like, not all people are good, Leia.
1: Yeah. He really, uh, really, really lets her her have it in this one. Yeah. Yeah.
2: Yeah. yeah. And perhaps noting his own tone was too harsh. He does point out that uh, Mapuzo wasn't always like this. There used to be fields and families here. And then the Empire came in and ravaged it all, leaving the harsh environment they're in now. Yeah. And they look around, they see stormtroopers harassing locals, more droids moving cargo. And Leia says, I thought the Empire was supposed to be helping us. But Ben replies, well, some are like your dad, but it seems like it's a losing battle these days. And he stops as he spots a cloaked figure up ahead.
1: So we all had this conversation behind scenes, uh, or behind the curtain, as it were, right? Anybody? Uh, I don't know. Andy, you had a thought. Of, actually, you asked the question. Was that a hallucination?
2: I'm thinking maybe,
3: but it could also be a force projection.
1: Where are you at with it, Hank?
3: Um, I, at first, I thought because I I didn't know what was coming. Um, I thought it was a hallucination, like more of his PTSD manifesting. Yeah, but yeah. Now, I, I, watching it about 13 times. <laughs> I, um, I'm pretty convinced that that's uh Vader looking for him. Um, and I don't know if it's like, like the Luke Skywalker force projecting, but I think it's yep. like an element. I think it's, I think it, so yes, it's a hallucination. So it's in Obi-Wan's mind, but it's, yep. it, it's actually physically Vader uh, in his mind, if you will.
1: I think I'm somewhere down the middle with you guys. I think on some level that his, uh, his state of mind, his, his current mental health is definitely a contributing factor. But I also believe that it, it ties back into, um, what Yoda had told Luke on Dagobah that the Force can show you the past, but it can also show you the future. And I think that this is a, you know, the Force showing him the past
2: prep him for the future
1: that or you know this is what he's seeing in response to the current emotional duress that he's under
3: based on the info he was just told yeah 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 for me it's the turning and looking at him
1: yeah very clearly hayden by the way yeah
3: yeah very clearly
2: we got our second comment here from sean Apparently, first thought was Jar Jar. Jar Jar.
1: (laughs) (laughs) Not even Darth Jar Jar, just Jar Jar.
2: Well, you know. Misa Misa don't think so. (laughs) Somebody in a Jedi robe. It could be the the guy who was waiting for him, you know. That's true. Unfortunately, it wasn't, though. And as the figure turns to Ben's disbelief, it's an unburned Anakin Skywalker. Yeah. And Leia, she calls out to him multiple times, turning his attention away from the figure. And Ben puts his hand on her shoulder, and when he looks back, Anakin's gone. Yeah. And he tells her, you know, you got to stay close as they continue on. So maybe he's sensing those Darth Vader vibes, but...
1: I I think so. Uh,
2: Switching gears, though, we cut to the Inquisitor's scythe on approach to a greenish planet. And as it nears the surface, we see we're on approach to the Fortress Inquisitorius. And I think this is the first time outside of the trailer that we're seeing this fortress in live action.
1: Yeah. Yeah. I think that's right as well.
2: Yeah. Yep. It was first mentioned in the 2017 comic series of star Wars, Darth Vader uh, issue 20 released August, 2018 and debuted visually in the 2019 video game star Wars Jedi fallen order released by respawn entertainment.
1: We'll get to see a lot of that from uh, lots of interiors, lots of underwater. Mm-hmm. Yeah. This is the same uh, sequence right out of that trail, out of the trailer too. Also, we get a little confirmation. I I guess uh, we get to the interior. I'll wait till we get to the interior because I want to talk about that for a second too. But fair enough. Uh,
2: As the Inquisitor ship lands, the third sister she walks down the uh, the ramp and into the base. We see various other ships on the landing platform, including an Imperial Lambda class T four A yep tie fighters hanging from the ceiling and possibly a huge easter egg that you came up with Wes. this has
1: been bothering me since the uh since the trailer because uh we saw those uh the imperial landing boats the same ones we saw in the mandalorian that was absolutely no question of that which we get a much closer view of them yes they are the landing boats but then there are these other ships uh with the folded wings and we kind of thought well superficially maybe they're more inquisitorious shuttles but they are definitely not that and as we can see behind uh that imperial officer they bear a striking resemblance to the uh unproduced kenner uh, kenner toys mini rig the millennium falcon cargo handler (laughs) so i mean i don't have a i don't have a confirmation one way or the other from uh from lucasfilm and i cannot find another source to corroborate this but i mean as i'm going through every possible ship that i'm aware of uh both legends and canon there was nothing that fit the bill until i came across uh, these uh, photos of uh, the mini rig unproduced mini rig was meant to fit between the mandibles of the millennium falcon by the way
2: yeah and, like that's a corellion ship it's not exclusive yeah, yeah. to han solo so no, there of are course more not. of these things floating around out there
1: i mean it even has the same uh the 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 same angle on the wing on the backside of the wing. And I'm like, well, if you took that mini rig and you sw- uh, you folded the wings up. Yep. There's a very striking similarity there. So uh, it'd be interesting to see if we get a confirmation on that, an official confirmation from yep. uh, Lucasfilm. But for now, uh, Kenner toys fans, I'm going with the Millennium Falcon mini rig as our mystery ship.
2: That's pretty good bet. So inside, uh, we find Riva walking on an underwater level. And we see hordes of stormtroopers and various military officers going about. Large doors open up, and Riva strides into the meeting room. And it's not lost on me; yep. she is framed by the chair of the Grand Inquisitor.
1: Right, because now there's there's the other point we'd uh, we'd had this discussion about the chair, and there was this question of is that Vader's chair when he's visiting? Yeah, I remember. Yeah, because of the ma- the uh, the way that it mirrors Vader's castle. True. Uh, no, it is not. It is indeed the Grand Inquisitor's chair.
2: We do get some confirmation from the fifth brother here in a second, but she relays to him and the fourth sister that Obi-Wan is in one of the mining systems and the fifth brother, he scoffs at her saying, you can't know that, but confidently she tells him, I traced the manifest and they should be sending all remaining probe, dro- probe droids out. But the fifth brother again is having none of it, snarling at Riva that you're not in charge here and using the force. He causes her to bow to him
1: yeah it's kind of funny how he does that right like there's this once again we get this whole like there is a pecking order and and your your place is never guaranteed
2: yeah and it's what he says next though uh he goes on to tell her that seat is mine not yours yeah i'm next in line yeah yeah. and as he releases reva she rubs her stomach and tells the others that uh she just spoke to lord Vader. And in disbelief, he's like, you? You spoke to him yourself? Yeah. And she replies, he asked me to lead the hunt, unless you think I should follow your orders instead. And then she gets a little bit of bass in her voice and gets some proper command going, and she tells him, send the probes out now. And reluctantly, the other two Inquisitors, they rise to fulfill the request. But the fifth brother, grimly states, I will get what I deserve, third sister, and so will you.
1: So now that's two inquisitors over two different episodes who have both used the line, I will get what I deserve. Yeah. Is that going to be a through line for all the inquisitors? Maybe. I mean, he thinks he deserves the the head of the Inquisitorius.
2: Well
3: they're definitely all out for themselves. We'd, right. Yeah. It, it, yeah. Like yeah. I said last episode, it's it's in their minds that's it's a shortcut to becoming his secret apprentice.
1: Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, so they all want to be Starkiller.
3: Maybe. Essentially, <laughs> yeah. I mean, that's that's inherent in this sort of Sith mindset, right?
1: Yeah, yeah.
3: So as the other
2: two leave, Riva, she quietly acknowledges that statement with, I hope so. And it's good to note here, upon his exit, the fifth brother is also framed by that chair.
1: Yeah, like right between the uprights.
2: Yeah. Yeah, that's interesting. So, you know, they're they're definitely setting these two up to go for that position should you know well rupert friend not return
1: we know that he makes it because we see him in rebels yeah. um we don't see the other we don't see the ladies no a different lady we, we see but not these two
2: But uh, we go on down to another room within this within the uh, fortress and we see that uh there's a corridor full of mechanized arms and they're loading metallic pods into smoky tubes. And once loaded the cylinders from above lower and lock them into place. We follow the trajectory up the obelisk and we see three pods fire off into space, each heading in a different direction. Probe droids are on their way.
1: Well, I got to say, um, we were wrong again. <laughs> this is not a flashback to uh, Obi-Wan and uh, Yoda heading off into exile in escape pods <laughs> that yeah. we thought was in the trailer. That being said, though, when we see uh, probe droids getting fired out of the uh, Star Destroyer at the beginning of Empire Strikes Back, not hard to imagine that this is the the process that, that they go through, this automated loading them in and then shooting at the end
2: kind of a phallic symbol though though well
1: there is that <laughs> fireworks
2: mm, maybe <laughs> uh, we catch up with obi-wan and leia putting together a backstory and if anybody asks they're farmers from tall and she is his daughter uh they arrive at the coordinates but there's nothing around nobody to meet and leia ponders maybe they're just late but ben he quickly burts blurts out Maybe it was a lie. I knew it. I never should have trusted him. Leia though, she remains optimistic. But Ben, he's a tad more cynical, stating outright, there's no one coming. Man, he's
1: getting uh like there's almost a like a is there a, like a general paranoia about him?
2: Yeah. He's definitely hitting crusty old man stage.
1: Yeah, I guess so. Yeah. <laughs>
3: But well and you know the the line from the very beginning of the episode he, he's coming master so he's, he's paranoia, on edge. like yeah and the paranoia is going to spin tighter too you know like till it comes to a, a head
2: but leia though she pauses for a moment and then says you know if we're on our own we're going to need some help And then she proceeds to flag down a passing transport vehicle as they run towards the road.
3: Ben tells her again,
2: yeah, again, don't say anything. And he's visibly distressed because this is a dangerous play, right? As the repulsor craft comes to a stop, though, completely disregarding what he just said, she blurts out, hi, I'm Luma. Uh, This is my friend, I mean, father.
1: There's almost a garbage shoot moment here, you know, that whole... You know, the whole I'm in charge thing. And now she's like, ah, screw this. I'm just taking charge.
2: Yep. Mm-hmm. And then uh, she blurts out, we're farmers from Tall," And the driver, who is a mole-like creature, responds with a friendly, hey there, I'm Freck. Being spurred on by Leia, though, uh, Ben gives Freck a brief hello. And he doesn't even say hello there. Just hello. <laughs>
1: yeah. Hello.
2: But uh, Leia continues telling Freck that we were on a trip and we got lost. And Freck, who is played by actor director Zach Bramph, he finds this a little suspicious. But Ben takes over at this point, noting that they were just trying to get to the nearest spaceport. And he relays that he's heading that way so he can give him a ride. But Ben insists, you know, we only need directions. And in true child fashion, again, Leia cuts him off and says, father, haven't we walked enough? And then she thanks Freck as she's already on the way to the back of the ship and uh, you know, Ben follows, but as he gets to the back, he spies an Imperial logo painted on a black banner and relenting. He climbs aboard and they travel down the road. I thought We
1: had a, I thought we had a
2: reference for his species. Uh, I went looking for one, but there is nothing that I could find except what the design is based on. I think he's a fantastic
3: board villain.
1: Maybe, maybe. I thought we'd had a thing on him. I I could have swore we looked him up, but uh, you know, I could be wrong.
2: As they ride along, Leia she's enjoying a little snack, and Freck asks again where they're from, and in unison they both reply, "Tall." And Freck replies, "Oh, good people out in Tall. They pay their way and listen to the Empire." And a couple things here: this Tall's or uh, Freck's design is based on a real-world creature. The star-nosed mole.
1: Yeah, yeah, yeah.
2: And considering where he leads, the mole is kind of right on the nose. But uh, it could also work with the mining (laughs) aspect of Mapuzo, right? Uh, Secondly, it's not to be confused with Planet Tall, where C-3PO lost his arm, causing that need for the new red one in The Force Awakens. The red
1: arm. Oh, right.
2: So Tall, T-A-W-L, is an agricultural moon, which they are on, under the authority of the Empire and new edition as it was only mentioned in part two whereas the other one played at tall t-a-u-l is the one yeah on the three PO one shot but you know good people out there they listen to the empire
1: i just found it funny you know i mean the whole the whole haha on the nose with the, the mole thing but if he's not if he's just a genuinely uh law-abiding citizen Man, is he in for a shocker here in a couple of years when the Empire really uh, drives home their their pro-human agenda?
2: Yeah. But maybe, you know, like based on, it's like a hand-painted one on a banner. So it's not an official thing. Maybe it's just like the equivalent of, you know.
1: Yeah, maybe. uh,
2: A redneck driving around with his uh, Union Jack on the top.
1: Oh, yeah, yeah. With a Confederate flag or something. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Maybe.
2: But in response to that, Leah says, you know, absolutely, we love the Empire. Mm-hmm. And uh, Freck replies that it's nice to meet like-minded folk. Nothing wrong with a little order, right?
1: <laughs> Again, that whole being on the nose thing. And, it, and it's going to come up here in, a, in, a, in the next couple seconds here when they ride in the truck.
2: Yeah. But uh, just as they're going, the transport comes to a stop and there's a group of stormtroopers on approach. And Freck calls out transport late again. And the trooper, like, they know him. They respond, yeah. He's like, well, hop aboard and sit down, meet my new friends. And Freck asks where they're coming from. And the lead trooper, he tells him, the higher ups are moving us around. We're looking for a Jedi. And Freck remarks, well, I hope we're not in any danger. But the second trooper says, nah, we'll find him. We always do.
1: We always do. Yeah. So they're like implying that what they've found a Jedi already?
3: Maybe they're the RCMP yeah
1: we always man. we always get our jedi
3: Yep. yeah we just can't hit him with a blaster <laughs> as
2: they ride along though one of the troopers stares at obi-wan and asks are you a miner and he replies no i'm a farmer from tall yeah and the trooper asks well why are you out here and ben replies it's a long story but the trooper fires back well it's a long way and then leia she jumps in He brought me here to see the place where he met my mother before she and as she trails off, Ben picks it up, telling the troopers she's not with us anymore.
1: Okay, this is where it gets really, really good.
2: Yeah.
1: Like the delivery of the this the whole like, oh, we lost her. We so spot on. It's so, so good. And it's about to be contrasted.
2: Yeah. And he tells them, you know, it's been a very difficult time. And the trooper asks if he has any info about the Jedi, but he says, I wouldn't know one to see one. But then Leia jumps in again, asking, are you even sure they're on this planet? And uh, here's where Ben slips up and he says, Leia, I'm sure they know what they're doing. But the trooper, he picks up on it immediately, questioning, what'd you call her that? I thought her name was Luma. And he recovers quick, though, telling them that that was her mother's name. And sometimes he gets confused. He goes on to tell them that sometimes when he looks at Luma, he sees her mother's face. And that is like pure, genuine line. He's staring right at Leia and he's yeah, t- yeah, thinking yeah. about Padme. And then uh, the trooper, you know, he looks away and tells the troopers, We all miss her very much. And gruffly, the trooper tells him, Well, you notify us if you see anything. And they hail Freck to uh, slow down the transport and uh they get off and
1: that's where i kind of go like oh they were doing so good in that moment right up until he calls her leia Yep. and as soon as he does that the dialogue turns dare i say cartoonish to the point where i swear one of those stormtroopers was steve bloom yeah like zeb steve bloom (laughs) like it the, the, how stupid can you be we always get our jedi oh well if you see anything you report it uh dude you there is you have enough suspicion to take these people in yep Ugh. anyway <laughs> minor criticism minor i'm sorry i needed to get that out
2: that's eh, all good but uh as they depart Ben he breathes a sigh of relief as they pull away from the troopers and leia stares up at him and when Ben questions your, you know what she replies, you knew her, my real mother, didn't you?
1: And now it gets good again.
2: Yeah. (laughs) And he tries to play it off. Oh no, it was just a story. But Leah is quick to point out that the whole time she's known him, he's been hiding something lying to her and then asks if Ben is her real father. And he turns to her and he says he wishes he could be, but no, he's not. And then Leah, she goes on saying, you know, sometimes I try to imagine what her father looks like and Ben tells her I know that feeling that as jedis they're taken from their families very young and he still gets flashbacks of his parents and he remembers a baby he thinks he has a brother i
1: think i had a brother
2: throw back to that original novelization well man.
1: that's the thing right i mean that's like oh are we talking about
2: oh oh <laughs> maybe
1: i mean I it's knew, such an obscure I I line like such an obscure be. line though and i mean we the movies already blow that one wide open and i mean People who have never read the novelization of, of uh, Return of the Jedi, a uh, huge, huge moment here that may connect uh, that book to the series is that in that book, Obi-Wan Kenobi is revealed to be Owen mm. So, yeah. So, canonically, Ben does have a brother out there. So At least he thinks he has a brother out there yeah. somewhere.
2: But uh, he doesn't dwell on this long because he relays that, uh, you know, he joined the Jedi and he got his new family, just like Leia. And what
1: a nice way to make an adopted kid, though, f- try to, to normalize that. Yeah. I thought that was actually quite nice.
3: Yeah. I was thinking about this, too. It's super interesting. Uh, there's nothing that leads us, you know, of course, that would be a, a, a heavy uh, spoiler. <laughs> but there's nothing in the original trilogy that leads us to believe that she thought she was adopted. Uh, you know, there's the line uh, where she doesn't really remember her mother, but you don't know whether she's speaking about her birth mother or her adopted mother. But no, you don't. This, this sort of reveals that she's pretty much known the whole time. They yeah. didn't, you know, and that almost makes it like a little more suspect that uh, she wasn't looked into a little harder. Like, you know, oh, uh, the. Uh, yeah. Like bail again, and like you know, for the Senator you know, for Alderon
1: right. and his wife have adopted right. a child
3: right. Uh, you know, right around that time uh, that Padme died, you know, and I'm not saying it's you know, but there's other people looking into the problem besides Anakin or or Darth Vader, yeah, um, yeah Massameda being one of them. um and it's 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 just strange that not only is you know, he's got the uh, he was almost the. Uh, he was up for uh, Supreme Chancellor at one point too. Like he was in the running before Palpatine gained power. There was three in yeah, the running. Yeah. So he's a very high-profile character to have just adopted a daughter, and it, you know, for that not having to be sort of investigated by like maybe the ISB or anything like that seems a little bit, you know. But maybe he's that powerful uh, that uh, you know that money can wash hands. Maybe, well. maybe, yeah. maybe.
2: Because they do say that, you know, Bail they don't let her out too often.
1: Yeah, we get that impression that she's never, other than like Dayu, she's never left Alderaan before.
2: Yeah. Mm. But it's known within the family that she is adopted
3: because the cousins are.
1: Yeah, they. I mean, that's definitely made clear. More
3: importantly, yeah. she knows. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, yeah. Which is, you know, not a lot of adopted kids find out that early.
1: No, I didn't find out until. Uh, right. right. Oh, my God, I was... Uh, oh, no, maybe I was around age—about About 10, 10, 11? Yeah, 10 or 11, maybe even 12. Hmm.
2: But, uh, their conversation is cut short, and Ben notices that they're fast approaching a Imperial checkpoint. And he hails Freck, you know, let us off, but he says, don't worry about it, I know these guys. And Freck steps off the transport as a trooper stands guard in the tower, and he makes polite conversation with him But when uh, the trooper asks who Ben and Leia are, he kind of leans in and whispers, they are two strays that I picked up. You might want to have a look. Mm -hmm. And both sensing that they've just been sold out, Ben and Leia kind of glance at each other, and he pulls up his hood as two troopers come around the back of the vehicle.
1: Yeah.
2: And, like, I love the look that they both give each other, like, oh, crap. (laughs) (laughs) But uh,
1: I actually expect... what happens in this sequence is not what I expected. No? No. Um, I fully expected that this was going to be another reconnection to the Force, and we'd get a Jedi mind trick here. Hmm. I thought he was going to have to talk his way out of it. I, I certainly did not think it would get violent.
2: <laughs> well, what comes up here, uh, Ben sits cloak staring forward, and the trooper states that uh, there's not a lot of reasons to be out in the outpost today why are you here? And he responds that they're just trying to get back to tall. They were here visiting family, but the trooper, he beckons him, you know, step out of the vehicle and radios in to initiate protocol 23 and Ben and Leia they depart the vehicle. And as he helps Leia down, he unclasps the holster on his belt. And as soon as they're off a Viper probe droid rounds the corner and approaches and the troopers tell him, you know, raise your head so the droid can identify you. Yep. And, uh, As the probe droid focuses in, he raises his head, hand on his gun. The droid flashes red, having made a confirmation. Yeah. And the orbesh that flashes up on the screen is a bit confusing. Some of the characters are upside down and or backwards. Uh, best I could translate was T N G C H E C D L T. And this is my weird theory one. Uh, maybe this could be a dig at Star Trek The Next Generation.
1: Oh, okay.
2: So when you Google star Trek protocol 23, yeah, the first thing in the search that comes up is the Omega directive, which is basically a destroy at all costs.
1: Oh, that's interesting.
2: And and I could be a bit of a stretch, but TNG check delete.
1: Yep. Yep.
2: You know, could be it.
1: Interesting.
2: Stranger things have happened, but you know, on the alert, Obi-Wan shoots through the sensor, taking out the droid, and then he shoots another trooper and takes another one as cover, shooting another one in the leg, and begins to make his way around, so, you know.
1: Apparently the self-destruct was not armed for this one. No, it wasn't. Didn't blow up like the one on Mm -hmm. Empire.
2: He got the drop on it. Yeah. But as he rounds the side of the vehicle, Freck is shocked by the blaster fire, and uh, Obi shoots the gate guard, and then takes Freck as cover as he starts firing at the trooper on the tower. And he hits his mark, and the trooper falls to our first gruesome death this episode, and he's cut in half by the laser gate.
1: Uh, quite spectacularly, I might add.
2: Yeah, you get shot and then cut in half. Proving didn't that even high made... ground really doesn't
3: mean anything. I was going
1: to say, <laughs> didn't even get a high ground joke in there, but I've <laughs> seen a couple of
3: memes. That's my line, and then the guy's lame. And I saw the best, and I, can't, I wish I could remember the artist, but I saw the best action figure, recreation of that scene. Uh, it was so beautiful. Uh, somebody cut a stormtrooper in half, you crazy <laughs> buggers. But <laughs> it was beautiful, though. Wow. Nice. But uh, after he does that,
2: uh, he knocks out Freck with a pistol to the back of the head and turns to find one trooper still alive. And he's got Leia's prisoner. But bang, yeah, yeah. You know, the whole put it down. Be, yeah, put it down. And as he goes to lower I'm it, putting it down. Yeah, Leia, she closes her eyes and lightning quick. He drops that last trooper with a shot.
1: He's come quite a, a, a ways away from our last uh, gunfight mm. where he was uh, c- uh, continuously pinned down by the two bounty hunters. Yeah. He bullseyed that guy. Yeah. Uh, who had uh, a hostage.
3: Yeah. Super true. close range, though. I mean, true. We couldn't have done that, but a Jedi. Uh, no. <laughs> <laughs> Maybe. Maybe forced assisted.
1: Put it down. Oh, it's already down, man. Hey, down. <laughs> <laughs> that's what i'd be doing it's down it's down
2: but uh leia she runs to ben as they move for the gate and it won't open so ben uses that universal key and blasts open the control panel they run on but they don't get very far before another troop transporter vi- arrives and three more stormtroopers they got them in their sights Uh the imperial officer with them strides down the ramp as one trooper barks you know put your head on the ground yeah yeah and, yeah and uh, like they've got him to rights at this point, the officer takes aim and shoots, but takes down the three troopers.
1: It's uh, that's what uh, Indira Varma, yep, uh, that we saw back in the trailer, and uh, you know that we had that whole like argument over how convoluted Imperial rank is. It turns out it doesn't matter, yeah, <laughs> at least not in her case.
2: Nope,
1: she's not who she uh, is uh, dressed uh, to be.
2: Well, kind of. Uh, The Imperial officer tells Ben to hurry as the troopers had sent out a transmission and he stares at her all confused. And she tells Ben that she will take them the rest of the way and holding Leia by the hand, they follow her. Meanwhile, over at the fortress Inquisitorius, they plot a star chart to Mapuzo and the Orbesh here. It reads first line is Mapuzo. Yep. And then it kind of mirrors what they're saying, but it stops because she says it's a type two mining planet. Okay the Oribesh starts to read type T-A or F-K. And then the rest of it just kind of falls to gibberish.
1: Are so, those other, maybe other planetary names or something in the m- same system or something?
2: Maybe. Or here's other stops on the I way I have no idea. Yeah. Uh, the fourth sister, though, she ch- comes in and tells, you know, you were right. But the fifth brother is quick to point out, Obi-Wan destroyed the probe but not before the signal got out and Reva, she moves to inform Lord Vader, but the fifth brother tells her he's already been informed. Yeah. Yeah. So again, is that know. a, is
1: that a knock that saying he's done it? He's gone behind her back now yeah, and totally. he's been the one. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. yeah they're, they're both cut,
3: jockeying. and keep cut, yeah, cutting each other's grass for sure. Yeah. Yeah. And then, uh, Reva
2: turns back and quietly tells the fifth brother, if you want, take the credit, go right ahead. But we both know who will be standing right by his side when this is over. Right. And again, in this scene, both of them, the third sister and fifth brother, are right next to that seat of the Grand Inquisitor.
1: Yeah, the whole jockeying for position, and vying for power.
2: Both in pursuit of that title. But I can't help but think, though, Riva is after something else as well.
1: Well, I mean, there's still the question of what she thinks she's entitled to.
2: Yeah as Riva, she leaves the room the fourth sister instructs the remaining officers to lock down the planet as the fifth brother sneers in Riva's direction and we cut back to Mapuzo and find some stormtroopers basically abusing the locals, kicking them out of the way. Right. Uh, Down an alleyway though, the Imperial officer leads Ben and Leia telling them the coordinates were right, she was on her way but they left before she could get there so it seems patience would have served them well this time. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. I was
3: thinking something here too. Uh, Leia's constantly, innately using the Force, like, and I don't mean yeah. like you know, floating through space, Mary Poppins style. I mean, she's uh, innately following the will of the Force. So when she flags that guy down, that's that's exactly the path that they needed to take to hook back up with this uh, character. Yeah,
1: yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm.
3: So it's it's neat, you can watch her sort of. Uh, Intuit uh, the right thing to do constantly. Yeah. But
1: uh... used to call you know in in the uh, the the West End games RPG, which were which we're fans of, they used to have that uh, every character had a, a wild die that no matter what you were rolling for, you always included your wild die because mm-hmm. it was this indicator of uh, luck.
3: Right, but uh, right. of
1: course, you know. There in Star Wars, there's no such thing as luck, but it, there is the Force, and the Force can gently manipulate things, which is why every character, whether they were a Force user or not, got to roll this thing.
3: Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. They they adapted. The, uh, after a while, you could spend Force points, very similar in the, the, yeah. the, the updates. Uh,
1: spending character points or Force points. Yeah, character That's points. Right. And yeah. Force points. Yeah, yeah.
3: yeah.
2: But uh, she tells Ben that the Empire has everything locked down. And when Obi-Wan questions if they can still get out, she tells him, you know, I've arranged for a pilot to get you off world, but he's not scheduled to leave for a few hours, so you'll have to lay low for a while. And then she moves off to make sure the coast is clear. And Ben looks up and sees what looks to be a Zeta-class cargo shuttle departing from the port on the top of
1: the hill. Well, we know where we've seen those before. Yes,
2: we do. Uh, These ships have been around a while, but they made their visual debut in the 2004 Star Wars Battlefront game.
1: Uh, Live action debut?
2: uh Rogue, Rogue One Rogue, one,
1: Rogue one Yeah yeah Rogue One yeah.
2: Turning his gaze back to street level he sees the officer peek in the door and then enter and he turns and he finds Leia is clutching Lola to her chest and he crouches to tell her you know everything will be all right but there's something else troubling her the gravity of the situation may have set in finally because she tells Ben she didn't mean to run away yeah she yeah. thought it was just fun to go off in the forest and she didn't mean for any of this to happen of course she
1: didn't. No no kid would ever wish something like that.
2: But uh, he tells her, you know, it's not your fault. And then she replies that she misses home. And he tells her, you know, you'll be there soon. Across the street, the Imperial officer peeks back out the door, giving them the all clear. And they rush over and make their way inside. And they tell him, you know, it's a droid outpost. No one comes in here. Yeah. And Leia, she stops short as a mining droid is standing in front of her. The officer tells him, don't worry, he's on our side.
1: He's on our side, yeah. yeah.
2: His designation is Ned B.
1: Ned B, who we saw in the trailer. Yeah. Who we thought might have been uh, Kumel Nanjiani.
3: Yep. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. But. Uh, theory theory was <laughs> way off his rocker this week. Sorry, Theory, if you're watching this. Uh, <laughs> speculated that that was record. Hmm. Wow. Yeah, I was like, well, you're just swinging for the fences now. <laughs> well, <laughs> just, I mean. I'm gonna we bring. Thought it I'm gonna talk about that. We thought yeah. it was well, echo. we can't. Yeah. I mean, are we much better? Yeah, we thought it was echo. Did you Did you
1: use that same shot? We you did. Do. Okay. We you. Do. We do have it. Okay. We'll it. get to yeah. it. All yeah. right.
2: Uh, oddly though, the Orabesh on his shoulder has his listed as Ned something. Ned
1: something, not necessarily B.
2: Yeah, because whatever that last character is, it is not, it's not an a B. Orabesh B. <laughs> yeah, but Ned like, maybe. Maybe. <laughs> So Leia, she says hello to Ned, who leans down, and then she introduces Lola as well. And the Imperial officer tells her that Ned, he's just a loader droid. He's not programmed to communicate. But Leia asks, what if he's got something to say?
1: Yeah, that's a good question.
2: Yeah, so again, back to that good manners thing, but also knowing, you know.
1: She's already established that, yeah, that whole, uh, the cousin, like, you don't have to be polite when you're addressing a lower life form, but that's just Mm -hmm. not her.
3: No, no. That's she introduces Lola with the droid's full designation too. LOL yes. 059. Five nine. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. But before they can ponder on the question, Ned
2: B moves a shelf and opens a door to a hidden room and ushers them through. Inside, the Imperial officer breathes a sigh of relief and removes her hat. Yep. Ben asks, What is this place? And the officer tells him that it's a you know, it's a safe house and they've got them all over, and they're trying to link them up across the galaxy. Some call it the path. And she also tells him that he's not the first Jedi to pass through here.
1: No, no, he's not.
2: The network itself all leads to Jabim. And from there, they get new identities and get them out. Leia asks if it's all Jedi, but she tells her no. These days, the Empire is hunting anyone who's Force-sensitive, even children. Ben, he spots some graffiti on the wall, and he announces, Quinlan! And the officer tells him, Yeah, he helps out smuggling younglings from time to time. Uh Quinlan Voss is another Jedi who survived Verge, uh hailing from the planet Kifu. Bit of a maverick, and uh, was renowned for his retrocognition.
1: So we've lost Hank. Uh not yeah. sure if he's uh I'll be back. Still there Can you mom? hear me? I can hear you.
3: Yeah, I'll be back. I just uh, got a work call and I just ignored it. Just waiting for it oh, to okay. clear. Oh, okay. I apologize. <laughs> I can hear you. I'm there in All spirit. Right. I'm a force ghost. Yes, Actually, you are. Yeah, yeah.
1: So, I mean, uh, Quinlan Voss. Mm. Quinlan Voss, obviously, uh, we saw him back in uh, Star Wars, The Clone Wars. Uh, but he is a, I guess he's a Legends character, technically. Mm, technically.
3: Mm. Also appeared in live action in The Phantom Menace.
1: Before he was Quinlan Voss. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> Before he was Quinlan Voss, he was just yes. some guy in the crowd and then they said, "Hey, he looks cool. Let's make him a Jedi." <laughs> exactly.
2: Promotion. Uh Leia asks, you know, what he had written on the wall and Obi-Wan relays, "Only when the eyes are closed can you truly see." And she says, "See what?" And then he says, "The way." The way, yeah.
1: Yeah. So Which is kind of weird for a character who has been portrayed as being so brash.
3: Mhm. Uh well, and he—I mean, this is ten years on now, too. That's true. Um, yeah. uh, you know, so let's let's dive into the scene a little bit because there's some crazy stuff going on here. First of all, the reference of the path—if uh, you—if you guys aren't familiar, if the fans aren't familiar with the uh, the uh, High Republic uh, novels and comics—the uh, the path is a secret set of hyperspace lanes used by the antagonists of that sort of series to jump around the galaxy and create mayhem and terror and, and make money and do all kinds of seedy things. And I think perhaps that the path that they're because they like the path. uh, There's a double meaning here. uh, And I think maybe that the, uh, the Jedi sympathizers have co-opted that, that uh, long lost secret hyperspace route to like an underground railroad. Is that where we're headed? Right. Right and jabeem uh, absolutely which would be canada right <laughs>
1: yeah yeah so i just i want to touch on that for a second because that i thought how ironic that in the wake of all the racist crap that was slung uh over the last week mm-hmm. that we get an episode that specifically evokes the underground railroad
3: wow yeah yeah, yeah take that you racist trolls yeah <laughs> yeah, yeah. Uh. Uh, and I, uh, you know, a little, some more background on Quinlan Voss, Uh, like well, I guess you know, there's a a novel written after uh, the Clone Wars ended because there was a an abandoned Quinlan Vos Clone uh, Wars arc, uh, that when they were canceled, they never got around to. It never made it to the seventh or sixth season when Netflix. took right. Over. right. But in it, uh. Oddly enough, him and Asajj Ventress have a romantic relationship. Which also, what? you know, yeah, absolutely. Okay. And um, in fact, Dooku briefly turns Quinlan to the dark side and tries to make him his apprentice and Asajj brings him back before Dooku kills her. And that is her oh, canon wow. death. Uh, yeah. And he survives uh, crushed, you know, they don't really explain, he's just forlorn and crushed by this event at the end of the novel and uh, sort of just goes off into the galaxy. And now here we are, picking it up with his name scratched into the, into wow. the wall uh, 10 years later. It's, uh, it's pretty cool. Um, and fans of the Clone Wars will remember that he was uh, instrumental in a few episodes and him and, and Obi were kind of chumming around. He That's sort right, of got yeah. more in common with Qui-Gon and Dooku, if you will, than the rest of the Jedi, always operating on the fringe. A lot yeah. more like the Jedi of the High Republic, actually.
1: Wanna talk about uh we can see in the in the one part uh of the slide over uh, uh Tala's shoulder, we can see a lot more stuff scribed mm-hmm. into the wall. There's mm-hmm. a lot of names
3: in there. Oh buddy.
1: Uh do you want to talk about some of the ones uh that you pick up on, Hank? Uh
3: so I don't even know if I can remember the the list, but um, I'll see if I can uh Yeah, call know. it I know that uh Valen Halcyon was one of them. Um,
1: that's hugely important for hugely fans of important. star Wars legends.
3: Yes. Um, another one was, uh, uh, Ro Rwanda. Rwanda. Sorry. Um, uh, I can't recall.
1: Here, I'm trying uh, to roll back and try to find it here. Yeah. 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 Uh, so the, they're all legends names essentially. Right. All from um, the same
3: novel too. Children well, of the Jedi.
1: One of them is a concubine of the emperor.
3: Hmm. Right. Right. Yeah. You, yeah. 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 Uh, And so, interestingly, that since these three names are all children of of former Jedi, in the presence of the child of a Jedi, right? Like this, uh, almost Uh, normalizing what Anakin has done. Roganda Uh, Ismarin. There it is, Roganda Ismarin. And there's a third one as well. Um, All characters from this uh, Legends novel, Children of the Jedi. Uh, Uh,
1: Jin Altis.
3: There it is. Uh spelled uh just D- like Jin D- Din D- Jin. Yeah, yeah. D'jin. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Uh
1: um, DJ, yeah.
3: Very interesting that that's in legends that's almost normalized uh Jedi having children falling in love having children. Um when it's such a huge no-no uh you know uh in the the, the at least in the the prequel era when we when we oh. catch up with them um and i I saw today an article, and uh I took a s- still of it. I couldn't make it out uh so they I, they may have been grasping at straws, but somebody swears that Caleb Doom's name is also scratched in the wall here,
1: yeah, I saw a reference for that as well, um which I didn't see, but the halcyon thing really got me because big time Ninja halcyon is uh, not only is he a famous uh Jedi master. He's also the grandfather of uh, Legends character Corrin Horn. Corin Horn, of course, who is, uh, joins the Rebel. This guy, this is one of those characters who has a full, the full treatment. Like he is the, he's the Luke Skywalker uh, of his own story, really, in the sense that he goes totally. from, he goes from being a member of the Karelian uh, security forces to joining the Rebel Alliance where he becomes a member of Rogue Squadron. And then he trains under Luke Skywalker and becomes a Jedi Knight and goes on to be a Jedi Master in his own right in under the new Jedi Order. So, and
3: you, you had sort of speculated maybe we'll get to see, you know, maybe that's why they're dangling that carrot because of the, yeah. with this Rogue Squadron uh, movie coming up this Set is in that it. era. Uh, that yeah. would be a great way and wouldn't that tickle all the Legends fans like we like we love to be tickled.
1: You know, even if it's something as simple as uh you know Rogue Squadron check in and you get that, you know, everybody checks in corn horn checking in yeah, like yeah, yeah, oh, yeah. that could
3: be that would be enough, be pretty yeah. Cool. It would be
1: yeah. very cool. Yeah. yeah, yeah. So the official Star Wars Underground Railroad. I'm very I'm very happy about that. I'm very uh, as a fan, as a as a woke fan. And just uh, just not, as not organized as
3: you know sort of the uh, the way that Palpatine is pulling strings trying to round these children up at the same time there's there's a group out there that's uh, defending these way. children and pushing them through it's very very uh, I love it actually I love it a lot
1: this idea of safe houses that are not linked uh, parallels the whole idea uh, that we saw in rebels that even rebels four years out from the events of a new hope and the rebel alliance is still not a cohesive organization right. they are independent cells right that are working you know with similar goals but they are not they're not uh politically the same
2: direction but not together
1: okay. they're not politically aligned together uh as it were and so like yeah like here we are 10 years out uh or sorry yeah 10 years out And uh, it's, we're seeing sort of these parallels. It's very sharp writing.
2: Back to our moment here. Uh, Just as they're uh, pondering on that, there's a loud knock on the exterior door and the officer and Ben, they pull their sidearms and there's two troopers knocking at the door demanding to be let in. And Ned B, he moves to the door slowly and opens it. The troopers come in and search the room. And as the lead trooper questions, Ned B, he doesn't respond. And the trooper just yells louder at him. But the second trooper asks, why are you yelling? It's just a loader droid. Can't yeah. Talk. Yeah. yeah. Then little do they know, you know, he's clutching a hammer behind his back <laughs> and uh, satisfied. Yeah. With no Jedi. The troopers leave and Ned B relaxes his grip on the hammer. And yeah, this is the scene we mistook in the trailer for a possible echo cameo.
1: So oh, first cool. of all,
3: trooper Arbor. I just <laughs> want to say
1: that, we were not the only ones to fall for this one. No, so no. that begs the question, Uh is this the one of the best misdirects in star Wars television ever?
3: Maybe it's pretty great. I don't even know if they meant it on purpose, but it's pretty great. That leg, I would say up a, and down the back 98 of that times leg, out of hundred. Like, that looks like a clone armor. Leg. Plate. We were yes. speculating on the color of the highlights on the color of the armor. I mean, they had a no, slip line and sinker. If it was intentional, uh, spot on uh, kudos, yeah,
1: yeah, yeah. But again, like there, we were thinking, Yep, it's a clone, and if it's a clone, who could it be? <laughs> mechanical <laughs>
2: hand, it's Echo, it's Echo. Oh, we did get the mechanical hand part no
1: right. dummies, it's Ned B, it's
3: Ned B, <laughs> Ned B the load lifter, it's not <laughs> Wrecker with a helmet on. Uh,
2: oh, that's awesome. <laughs> the rogue officer, she sighs a breath of relief and uh. As the troopers leave, but it's short lived because she radios ahead to the pilot telling them, you know, we've been compromised and we're on our way now. Uh, she gets rid of her imperial uniform and switches to civilian garb. And Leia asks her, you know, is it scary pretending to be something you're not? And the officer replies, yeah, sometimes. She then straps on a gun holster telling Leia that she wears it a certain way. So it's faster on the draw. Cross draw. Yeah.
1: Yeah. Yeah. Yeah.
2: And Leia, she kind of lights up. She's like, you know, will you teach me to shoot someday? And Ben, he kind of ushers her across the room saying, you know, go get ready. And uh, then Ben asks, why, why do you do this? And she tells him that when she signed up, the Empire stood for something else. But By the time she realized what they really were, it was too late.
1: This is interesting because this is somebody who, who, uh, who, who bought the buy-in. Yeah. You know, the, the buy-in that we saw, because we saw both sides of it in season one of the Bad Batch um with how it was presented as the the empire it's it's the new it's the new and improved we're new and improved and this is going to make your life better yeah come right. sign
2: up get your credits and whatnot
1: but if you were on a separatist world yeah this is the new and improved and you will comply yeah, deal with it and right. uh she clearly comes from the the former and not the latter
2: yeah uh, there's a couple of pieces of oribish on the wall in the background here too uh, nothing too too special. One of them reads Yo Yo, another reads Danny Boy, and there's one in Hatties reading VNR.
1: Yo Yo and Danny Boy. Yep. Well, Danny Boy is a song. Do you think Yo Yo is a reference to the to the the cellist? Maybe. I don't know. Hmm. And what what is there? What else? VNR written in Hatties in Hatties yep. VNR. Yeah. Oh. Anybody got a better grasp of Hatties than me? Want to take a stab at that?
2: <laughs> Yeah. don't know no i don't know either but she goes on to tell ben that she's made mistakes and ben counters her with we've all made mistakes and she voices that it's hard to imagine that obi one kenobi made any mistakes but he tells mm-hmm. her again it's just ben now
1: so now it's ben using that line not bail yep right because that's exactly the line that bail uses. we've all made mistakes
2: yeah she finally introduces herself as Tala, and she's played by British actress Indira Varma, as you said. Uh, she opens the door, revealing a tunnel into the mountain, and then he kind of doubles over, reeling, and Tala asks him, you know, what's wrong? He puts his head on, but uh, grabs his head, and then he heads for the door and peeks through the slot. Tala and Leia, they join him, and peering into the night, at the end of the street, there's three Inquisitors joined by a batch of stormtroopers. And the fifth brother bows his head as we hear that all too familiar breathing.
1: It's almost a a, a callback to Alec Guinness on the Millennium Falcon when Alderaan is destroyed. Like he holds his head and he's yeah. almost like he's feeling sick. He's been like, and uh, Yeah, I mean, and it's that same thing. Too,
3: in Vader's presence, both Ezra and Kanan feel incredibly cold.
1: Yeah, yeah. And w- when you when you couple the line with. It's almost as if, you know, uh, a million people screamed out in fear. Yeah. Well, there's a reason why the the fear part of that is sort of the through line here, which we're about to to find out. Yeah.
2: Lord Vader, he strides down the street, looking left and right, and he pauses momentarily and stares in Ben's direction. Ben steps back from the door, and in an effort to draw Kenobi out, he turns and he drags a minor right out the window into the street and proceeds to force choke him in the air. Yeah. And as the minor struggles to breathe, his teenage son runs out. But without hesitation, he force throws the boy against the wall and then snaps his neck.
1: Yeah.
2: He then drops the corpse of his father right beside him in the street. And this is far and away the most ruthless version of Vader we've seen on screen so far. Uh, he... exactly.
1: yeah. Is this a good time to to bring it up?
2: Uh, yeah, we'll give it a couple more minutes.
1: Okay, that's fine.
2: Yeah, back inside. Uh, ben tells Leia go with Tala, promising, you know, I'll be right behind you, and he pleads with her, promise me you'll get her to Alderaan, and she nods, and Tala runs off down the tunnel with Leia, and Ben returns to the door just to see Vader drag another miner down the street, using the Force, and tossing that miner aside. Vader throws away a crate, revealing two more locals hiding. And Ben, he kind of rushes out and finds a way outside, and he starts watching from behind a stack of crates. Yeah. And in this horror moment, Vader's attention, it just snaps right to his position. And uh luckily, when his attention snaps there, Ben has already moved. But Vader walks forward to inspect and Reva moves to follow. But the fifth brother admonishes her, saying, We're not to engage. But we're here to sweep the town. Yep, yep. So then she moves forward, and the stormtroopers fall in behind her. As some of the locals come out to check on the poor miner that got dragged down the street, and elsewhere, Ben he's like running through a darkened quarry, and he doesn't get very far when he find until he finds himself face to face with a dark figure. The red lightsaber ignites, and it is Vader, and there's like horror on his face. And Ben pulls out his lightsaber, but rather than ignite it, he runs off looking for escape. And Vader's booming voice tells Obi-Wan, you cannot run. And out of reflex, he lights it up. Yep. And as he swings around looking, because he doesn't see anything, he's still searching the darkness. Uh, Vader approaches him from behind. And uh, Ben, you know, he stares at him. He says, what have you become? But Vader replies only what you have made me. Right. Okay. Uh, so I just, I want to go back and I
1: want to talk about uh, this version of uh, Vader, because this is kind of what we alluded to back at the beginning of the show. This is the most ruthless, diabolical, evil, on-screen version of vader that we have ever seen Mm -hmm. and i think that i mean hear me out on this one and think about it for a second we know it's inferred it's inferred that anakin skywalker murdered younglings but it's never shown no it's never shown and yes the scene in rogue one everybody went bonkers for was amazing but those were all soldiers he is murdering Civilians. Yeah. That's evil. Mm-hmm. On a level that we have never seen in Star Wars before. Yeah. Never seen it. And I and I mute, I I expressly do mean seeing it.
3: Right, right, right. Yeah, because it's it, it does occur in the comics. Um uh, yeah. Yeah. what what when you think what compounds it, what makes it infinitely worse than just murdering civilians, is this is one hundred percent to draw Obi Wan out. Based.
1: Yeah. It's it's you Ben Bate.
3: Uh Vader doesn't just walk around murdering civilians. This is this is like this is cold and calculated. He's like, "Okay, there's some tools here that I can do. These people are shovels that are going to dig Obi-Wan out of the ground for me."
1: This is the inquisitor's yeah. speech in the first yeah. part about their yeah. code compels them.
3: So, you know, there there's things about Vader that we've seen seen in live action before and just because they're, you know, his own officers or other military you know soldiers and and there's a sort of a you you expect a level of uh you know you may die at any moment in combat yeah um you know he's snapping necks left right and center for minor mistakes so we 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 established that vader has no respect for life uh in terms of that right so um it tracks very well uh it's it's visceral it's shocking we we we, you know we we weren't ready for that.
0: and like I, I say
3: you become when you when you don't have that comfortable john williams soundtrack you become untethered like you know how that 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 it almost grounds you in the scene without that this and also becomes so chaotic and truly frightening and there's a when when we were talking back and forth before the show ever aired after the first trailer dropped and and yeah. i was reading interviews and articles and trying to stay spoiler free, but you were, you were almost on a media blackout, which is a yeah, yeah. You it's yeah. super disciplined. One of the things you and McGregor said about filming this scene was that he hadn't seen Hayden in the costume yet. And, oh, uh, really? That in this scene where he's holding the lightsaber and Vader comes up from behind him, he said he wasn't acting there and you could see it in his face. <laughs> he said, yeah, I yeah, was yeah. terrified like a little child. Right. And, and you can see it. And, I mean, so was I. <laughs> I mean, I re- it really caused a tremendous amount of anxiety.
1: Uh, there is something to be said about just the entire way that it was shot. Uh, that sequence of Vader coming out of the dark, and all you get are the, the lights of his belt and yeah. the chess box. And then the visage of him coming out of the darkness is just like, oh, my
2: freaking god the yeah. shadows are coming to life
1: yes absolutely everything about it uh the red lenses can we talk about the red lenses for a second because sure. <laughs> that is so close to a new hope that uh a part of i think what made i mean we all kind of joked about you know oh and if you look in the right at the right scenes and the right angles you can sort of see behind the lenses <laughs> yeah those red lenses are part of that That's the first time we see Vader. He's got those red lenses. And I I actually really, I really like that in this version. Yeah. That it adds to the, it adds to the, the, the imposition of his person. Yeah. You know, how like horrifying he is. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah.
2: And because of that, uh, you know, again, choosing not to fight, Ben puts out his blade and he runs into the darkness.
1: Is uh, he's doing what every kid did uh, as a kid: flashlight. Yep. We used a flashlight as a lightsaber. He's using a lightsaber as a flashlight. Yep. <laughs>
2: <laughs> but, uh, back in town, though, the Inquisitors and the Stormtroopers—they're rounding up all the inhabitants. And Reva, she notices Ned B coming out of the droid shed and moves to investigate. And. We snap to inside the tunnels, and Leia, she's pleading with Tala, go help, citing that I'll be fine, but Ben needs help. Back inside the shop, Reva, she's snooping around, and uh, she spies something behind a rack of droid parts. And then we cut back uh, as Ben is rushing through the quarry. And out of the darkness again, lightsaber ignites, and Ben ignites his just-in-time to avoid a strike by Vader. And both hands on his saber, Obi-Wan is in full defense mode as Vader keeps pushing forward. He tells Ben, the years have made you weak.
1: Yeah, this is all uh, uh, one-handed Vader, too.
2: Yes. Yeah. Yeah. Back in the tunnels, Tala stops, looking conflicted. And again, Leia turns to her and says, go. I can make it on my own. And then we flip back again to uh, the droid shop. And Reva's using the force to move that rack of droid parts away. And she reaches for that hidden door handle. And in the tunnel, Tala lets, she relents and says, you know, Leia, keep running. The pilot will meet you at the end. And Leia gives her a short hug. Yeah. Like, you know, she just met her, but she's pretty optimistic about the whole thing. And
1: I kind of wonder if this is, you know, like the, what does uh, Tala represent to Leia? Like, is this another reflection of the, the leader that Leia will become? Oh, can you teach me how to shoot like that?
3: Right, right. Yeah. Maybe. Strong, strong female lead. Yeah, strong woman. Yep, yep.
2: I think it's also like an affirmation too, right? Like, because the mole guy turned out to be not on their side. Oh, Tala yeah, yeah. now Like proving that optimism paid off. Right, you know? right. You can trust there are good people left. So, uh, you know, the two, they turn and run off in separate directions and back in the quarry, the battle continues and it's clear that Vader's just toying with him at this point. Again, as you say, he's striking with only one hand. It's all one handed and it's all Ben can do to repel his attacks. And after a few more lightsaber clashes, Vader force throws Ben backwards. And as he advances, he yells, you should have killed me when I, when you had the chance. Should
1: have killed me when you had the chance. Yeah. Um. I want to talk a little bit more about the duel here. It's not much of a duel to speak of. No. This is the first one, I guess, of the two that they had said prior to the show debuting that we were going to get. Um, And wow, lots of people uh, really upset with this online that <laughs> that uh, Ben is not faring as well yeah. as they thought he might.
3: I saw um, one article that said the worst Star Wars. Uh, episode three of Obi-Wan Kenobi beats Last Jedi as worst Star Wars ever. Oh,
2: Why? That's awful.
3: I know. Like, I, I, like, I, people just talk and hear themselves now.
2: I mean, on one hand, you have Obi Wan who has not picked up a lightsaber in ten years, has basically cut himself off, and then you have Vader who is like full bore right into the dark side.
1: You have to think that you know, despite having the Inquisitorius at his disposal,
2: um, he still gets his hands dirty.
1: He's been training the Inquisitors. Of he's still. Training, he's
2: still active. Yeah. And he has think, been for ten years. Do you so, think
1: that in that in that <laughs> ten year period that he's been on the hunt himself, that he's been out in the field I doing would, what the Inquisitors are doing?
3: I would think so. I would think well. for that very lightsaber.
1: Well, and there you go. So I mean, give the man a break. And also, let's give some props to Hayden, uh, who finally gets his 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 day, his due in the suit. And gets to actually do something in the suit beyond
3: yeah. no So I read an article today, the uh the stunt guy, I can't recall his name, came out and he said basically, okay. um Darth Vader's played by four people, James Earl Jones obviously being the voice. Yeah. Uh, Hayden is definitely uh in the tank and uh does a lot of the up close acting and stuff. He said, oh, "But they, okay. when you see full bodied Vader or Vader yep. dueling, yep. that's yep. what that's either the stunt man in the duel uh, or the, the, um, the stand-in actor, if you will, who's a okay. six foot seven giant beast. And right. Um, and in the article goes on to say that when the, the direction, like he was saying the lines at first and they were overdubbing everything. Right. Yeah. Um, and he he was and he would sit with Hayden and say the lines the way Hayden wanted him to say them. You know, it, would, it was very well coordinated. But they said he was getting so angry that the 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 uh, the, the mask would shake. And they're like, no, Vader shouldn't shake at all when he's getting angry. Like, he, uh... so they had to like tone him back. And they said that they were actually because they were using voiceovers that the director Deborah Chow was giving him. You know they 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 came up with these hand signals for him to when he wanted him to move a certain way and okay and, uh, yeah so it's it's very much like uh, and maybe this is going to piss people off too but I'm starting to I'm starting to like pissing these these <laughs> so called the bad boys off. yeah the haters um, the haters Um uh, but he's very much an amalgam of people uh, the same as Din, Din Djarin. yeah yeah yes yeah
1: well that doesn't make that doesn't surprise me and you know what that's okay. Absolutely. I'm I'm invested. I've bought into it. I don't know how you can't.
2: And it's not like it takes you out of anything. Like no, exactly. One cohesive scene.
1: Well, then my hat goes off to whoever is the stunt performer, because the one handed style, there's a lot of, uh, there's a lot of deep lunging and like the foot movements are very Anakin Skywalker. Yeah,
3: no, absolutely. Absolutely. Beautifully done. I like it. And it, it a lot. it's probably a mix of all three of those things so quickly that we really can't ascribe one, you know, uh one, actor yeah, yeah. to one particular scene, you know, it's probably right, right. well edited and uh i and, and when he's when he's looming over him, I know that Obi Wan sort of takes a knee and is, is a back, but he's he's got that like you know that scene where he's fighting Ahsoka in the in the Sith Temple, yeah. Where he's like ten feet tall, you know, yes. like, that's he feels that big here yeah
1: he does he yeah. really does yeah and you you got to imagine what ben you know that the physical again as i said that imposition of like you're you're there uh i don't want to say underfoot but under a, a assault and you're mm-hmm. fighting for your life and this person is just so physically more than
3: right whoa dominating right. He's yeah, basically I, fighting Grievous again. Those mechanical arms are yeah. incredibly powerful. Just yeah, just on yeah. a, a physical level. Never mind the dark side of the force just yeah. coursing through him. Yeah,
1: yeah, yeah. yeah. So, I mean, uh, is it now's the time, right?
2: Yeah. Now, okay, now yeah, we're now at now that was, time. Because we brought up the line, you know, you should have killed yeah. me when you had the chance.
1: There's that line, uh, as you just said, you should have killed me when you have the chance. And I saw this amazing question online that made me want to bring it up on the show because vader is motivated by we're not 100 percent sure what he's motivated by he's been looking for you for a long time obi-wan um is there a difference between you should have killed me when you had the chance because now i'm gonna kill you versus you should have killed me when you had the chance because then I wouldn't have become this freaking monster.
3: Yeah. Uh, yes. Um, but I and I watched it again with that in mind and I thought it the, the delivery of the line would suggest that he's playing it straight. Yeah. Uh, there doesn't seem to be like a, a softening or anything to his voice. I thought about it though. And, and Lauren brought up an interesting point. You know, he's about to cause obi-wan a great deal of pain and and yeah is 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 some part of anakin trying to turn obi-wan
1: that's that came that uh across my mind as well um i want to tie back the the line to the other line uh i've i've become uh what you made, what me. You made me right does that does that add any more nuance to it now like you should have killed me right because yeah. if you had have killed me I wouldn't have become this thing. Right. And now that you've made me this thing, I'm going to make you into me.
3: Could be. Yeah. yeah. Uh, cert- certainly it adds gravitas. It's, it, it, uh, you know, more machine than man now. Uh, well, who yeah. did that? <laughs> who did that? So that's
2: true. The emperor.
1: Is there, uh, is there a certain sense of self, self loathing in what Vader says?
3: There could be. So you know this is why I can't, or I, I harp on it a lot. People are probably getting sick of me, but read the comics, guys. He is so <laughs> self-loathing; it's not funny. At this okay. point, at this point, he's not obsessed with finding Luke Skywalker yet because Luke's ten years old. He doesn't even know it exists. That's right. He wasn't really all that obsessed with finding Obi Wan. It was sort of a background thing. He's got the Inquisitors, the susse with the Jedi. That's the Emperor's order. What he's obsessed about is still the thing he was obsessed about when we knew him in Revenge of the Sith. And that's Padme. finding a way to bring Padme back. Right. So through the comics, you get all this crazy stuff. Like the reason that he chose that place on, on Mustafar to, on build, Mustafar, that, yeah. to build that castle is because that's the spot where, where he def- got defeated by a Kenobi. Okay. He builds the castle just off to the side of it. And when he goes out in that scene at the beginning to look yep. out the, the window, uh, I, I forgot to mention it while it was, while it was live. Um, uh, he does that routinely in the comics and he'll stare at the spot where he fell for hours and just ruminate on the, on the hatred. At you the-
1: mean on the, on the shore of the, the lava uh, flow? Right.
3: Right. Oh, he'll just stand okay. there and just ruminate, just stare at the sure. Spot sure. where he fell. And because there's So a- wait, are
1: we saying the lava flow over the cliff at the foot of the castle is the same flow as the, as where the, 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 the power plant was? Correct. Oh, wow. OK. Yeah.
3: And and there it, there lies a, a dark force nexus, they call it in the comics. OK, and, yeah. Like the um, cave. Right. And yeah. um, the Emperor really, you know, sort of tricked him into this because he offered Vader any world he wanted to be his own home world, to be his, his throne world and and suggested that it would be Naboo. Because wouldn't be Naboo. Really? Yeah. And yeah. Vader was like, no, I want Mustafar. Because that's where my pain lives. Not knowing that that was the Emperor's ploy the whole time. Because of anyway, the Dark Horse oh, Nexus. Okay, okay. So, and I know I'm going a little deep here. Read the comics, kids. The, <laughs> uh, Vader finds a mask belonging to a Sith Lord called Momin. Uh, from an ancient, ancient Sith Lord. It's not really covered in legends. And uh, Momin is an architect and an artist. And he puts the mask on several different Imperial officers and this moment character sort of possesses them. Oh, okay. They build this castle. Oh, Uh, Oh, wow. It's basically like an ancient Sith Lord uh, designed the castle for him. Right. And in, in the, in the bowels of the castle, there's a dark side nexus. And he, he literally came super close to resurrecting Padme. Oh wow! Super close. Oh. Uh, crazy stuff in the comics, guys. Crazy stuff. Um, so this is this is this is still Anakin Skywalker obsessed with finding Padme, and whenever he's not being directly tortured by the by the Emperor, and I mean, the first few issues of this comic, you get to see the Emperor treat him like a child. Yeah, and and spank him like a child, like. Force, force lightning every every you step it a line even a bit force lightning like just torture him and torture him and torture him and uh the whole time he's obsessed with bringing Padme back to life because this is the reason he turned to the dark side and that's not lost on him yet
1: okay yeah he turned to try and save her yeah right yeah yeah yeah
3: it's still his mission
1: oh well then yes so <laughs> self-loathing, uh, big check.
3: The most tragic villain in the history of villains.
1: Big time,
3: big time. Fueled by hate and well,
1: revenge. thank you for playing that out with me, because I really wanted to uh, sort of dig down on that a little bit, and I think that, that paid off quite well.
2: I think so. Back to our moment at hand, though. Uh, ben, looking for any way to escape, swings at a piece of equipment causing a rush of smoke giving him a brief opportunity to make a getaway. Another horror moment. Yep, Skywalker maneuver. (laughs) Yeah, yeah, yeah. (laughs) Back in the droid shop, Reva opens that hidden door and enters, and she spots a Jedi crest carved into the wall, and momentarily she looks haunted. Uh, It doesn't last long, though. As rage builds up, and she knocks a bunch of items off the table, and presses a button on the wall console to open the tunnel door, and then she stares down that tunnel. Uh, There is some extra stuff on the wall Near the crest here, yep. uh, In Huttees, there's some characters that read T and U, and in Orabesh, it's partly obscured, but it reads something A L I N and B L A C C O N. Okay, now I googled this, but I couldn't come up with any. Yeah, that's not
1: looking familiar to me either,
3: Mm.
2: but uh,
3: that's what's there. I think her reaction to seeing the Jedi symbol is. It's very indicative that we're very close to the idea that she was was one of those, you know, that she names Obi-Wan for her, her fall as well.
1: Yeah. Well, when you are the face of, uh, (laughs) when you're the face of childhood abandonment, no wonder she wants him.
3: Right. Even regular people are like Obi-Wan Kenobi, right? Like this, uh, Enduro character, Tala, you know? Uh, what kind of mistake could Obi-Wan make? He's got a name in the galaxy. So the, to to yeah, those that know, yeah, yeah. he's the the face of the Jedi, if you will. Yeah. yeah, yeah. We catch
2: up with him, and uh, he's running through the quarry using his saber for light. Comes to a dead end, and behind him, Vader just stalks right in. And using the Force, he topples a container of that ventrium, spilling it across the ground. He then proceeds to force choke Ben, raising him into the air. And as Ben struggles for breath, Vader leans down and ignites the ventrium.
1: Dips the lightsaber in. Yeah. Yeah.
2: Creating a lake of fire.
1: And have we ever seen this before? Oh, boy.
2: Still choking him, Vader declares, now you will suffer, Obi-Wan. And using the force, he slams him down into the flames and slowly drags him forward. And as Ben screams in agony, Vader tells him, your pain has just begun.
1: I'm not going to lie. I actually thought they were going to go all the way with this, like that they were going to burn him to a crisp like they did in Revenge of the Sith.
2: And he would have to have a back to tank back in. Well,
1: (laughs) right. But I mean, sure. And the writing would have had to go a different direction. But in the moment, I thought they were going all the way with it.
2: it That was terrifying. For sure. It was. Absolutely. Yeah. he's just in like you see on his face he's an Turns agony didn't yep. even sh- sh- singe his hair
1: <laughs> <laughs> you had to go there didn't you yeah, well. <laughs> apparently somebody's
2: Jedi going hair to is fireproof. <laughs> somebody's going to right <laughs> well there's a thought here um because as uh, tala appears on the mound overlooking the scene she sees a group of stormtroopers arrive and violently Vader tosses Ben backwards and extinguishes the flames.
1: Well, there yeah, I got another point on I want to bring up on that. Maybe we're going the same direction with
2: that. Yeah, so I'm thinking, you know, he was in control of that fire.
1: Uh absolutely he was in control of the fire. And let's let's not be let's not mince words here. If he could put the fire out, how the hell did a blaster bolt to the uh the ventrium reigniting the flames prevent them from bringing him in true i got
2: i got that same i think point.
1: that's I'm the only sure. other other than the cartoon dialogue from the stormtroopers that is the only other so real you you, you hit the, the
3: nail space. on the head with he's controlling the fire yeah in, in the yeah. very first scene it's on his terms
0: yeah yeah so another thing yeah. from the comic as is that much
3: as he wants he doesn't like fire but it's very frankenstein I but he's not a he's not a fan of fire and a couple of times it's used by you know jedi to to be his hubris or other. okay yeah yeah so well that does make sense it it works from
1: a Um, narrative standpoint it makes sense
3: it works i also thought you know he could have just picked him up and pulled him through the fire well there is that as well you know a few things there but there's another thing going on here that i think is really important and i think that that We're really we're we're focusing on the fact that we've got a full blown Vader here. We've seen him kill kids and stuff, and I think that in the presence, in the presence of Obi Wan, he's he's more Anakin than he wants to admit. You think so? I think so, and I think that he, I think he lets him go. (laughs) You think
1: there's a part of him that still has that that sense of like camaraderie
3: of kinship, or I don't know if it's like a cat playing with its food, you know. Like a, yeah, he kind of, definitely like, seems like he wants to draw it out as long as possible. Well, and and then you know, uh, oh, the whole line of your pain begins. Yeah, right. Yeah, this so is just and, the beginning. And another thing is that the the, the fear that 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 he's going to come back and it's going to be worse next time is going yeah. to you know it's going to really weigh heavy on him on Obi Wan, and and this is what Vader wants. This is <laughs> bringing him to the brink of destruction and just going, okay, go ahead, I'll find you later. Yep. is yep. really playing into creating a situation where Obi-Wan is constantly in fear and that's that's what Vader wants.
1: Well, he's definitely uh, planted that seed.
3: Right? Yeah. You watch the way the Emperor drinks it in Revenge of the Sith. Yep. When 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 Anakin's turning, the way he drinks yeah, the yeah, pain yeah. And he, he, yeah. like you know. And and so that's that's fuel for them. We got a comment here from
2: Sean. Uh, me too, he's scarred under that robe from the fire, and chances are he could be. Uh, Uh, I
1: firmly believe that. I I think we're going to get a a sequence uh, possibly the next episode uh, that will show him uh, not as healthy as he was at the beginning of this one.
2: (laughs) Yeah. Vader, he commands one of the troopers you know, bring me Obi-Wan. But Tala, she takes aim and blasts that trooper, and on high alert, the rest of them spin around trying to figure out where the shot came from. She takes aim at a generator and hits it, reigniting the ventrium. Yeah, which apparently burns much hotter when it's not being force controlled.
1: Apparently not.
2: Yeah, she hit
3: the source too. He he kind of spilled a little on the ground, if you will, and she she yeah. nailed the the uh, the container.
2: container. Right. Yeah, yeah. But as the flames, they're burning higher now, like out of control. And Vader watches Ned B appear and carry Obi Wan off to safety.
1: Ned B, who's apparently blaster proof.
2: Yeah. uh, They're
1: bouncing right off of him. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah.
2: Yeah. Got to be a sturdy droid for mining, I guess.
1: Can I ask one question? Yes. Where's Obi-Wan's lightsaber?
2: On the ground. Does he got to get it back somehow? Does he have the wherewithal to grab it on the way out?
1: Nope. Because it was dropped several feet as he was floating in the air. True. And then he was dragged through a fire. We got that, uh, we got an action figure reveal this week. Where? We got a Ben Kenobi action figure for the show, actually. And it's, uh, I can't remember the subtitle. It's basically some kind of station. I presume some space station. The Tibon, action figure, Tibon
3: station?
1: Some, yeah, Tibon station. Comes with a lightsaber. Looks like Ben's lightsaber.
3: Mm-hmm.
1: Are we just going to... He's also wearing
3: the blue the blue, blue shirt. shirt. Blue so shirt. I think Tibon station is where they get the, the he- cargo he- freighter on... Um, Dayu. yeah yeah yeah
1: um so now are we just going to suspend disbelief if he just happens to have it in his possession next episode i think so i'm not i'm okay. going to complain about it i'm complaining about it now i will uh, complain force, about it later
3: force grabbed it on the way out no way <laughs> well it'll play it The yeah. writing's too good this time yeah okay it'll play it right. back in the mining camp the stormtroopers. they wait can- wait wait
1: oh. i get one more one more thing all right only because the only reason I even bring this up is because of the the line shared between Anakin and Obi-Wan about this weapon is your life and like Anakin who is like notorious for going chewing through sabers who's always got to get a new one or make a new one and now it's reverse Ben uh-oh
3: yeah yeah uh Ewan McGregor pointed out in an interview that he loses his sabers in the prequels more times than Anakin does.
1: <laughs> oh really?
3: Yeah, one more he he goes through one more saber than Anakin does in the prequels.
1: I guess so, yeah. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah.
3: Yeah. But uh, back
2: in the mining camp, the stormtroopers, they continue to abuse the locals under the watch of the Inquisitors. And word has just reached them that, and the fourth sister relays it to the fifth brother, they've lost Obi-Wan. He had help, and now they're supposed to go sweep the planet. And gruffly, the fifth brother, he states, now we will never find him as he storms off. Right. So, Mm. I'm... Going back to the previous episode, being this close to it, I think he's just more, you know, like we were close and now we got to continue this hunt again because it's kind of reignited. But elsewhere, uh, Tala, she tells Ned B, go get the transport ready because we need to get Ben to Jabim and Tala leans in and tells Obi-Wan, you know, you're going to be okay. And since there's a good chance we might be there next episode.
1: I had medic vibes in this, by the way, you're going to be okay. Yeah. Like she thinks, does she think he's dying?
2: Well, he's definitely banged
1: up. You is he see. that, uh, is he swirling the drain?
2: Hmm.
1: You're going to be okay. That's something that I've said to people when I thought that they were
2: not going, going to out. be okay. Yeah. Yes. That's possible. Cause he is sporting some, uh, Severe burnage there. At least he's got uh, yeah. his limbs intact, though. Well, there is
1: that.
3: But uh, he had the low ground. He did.
1: <laughs> Tell me some more about Jabim.
2: All right. Uh, <laughs> let's see here. It first appeared in the Dark Horse comic Star Wars Republic issue fifty-five, published July second, two thousand three.
1: All the way back to the Dark Horse days.
2: Yeah. So. Awesome stuff. And. I don't know if this part's canon because it is the Dark Horse stuff. No, it wouldn't be now. Falling under the Legends category. Uh, But during the Clone Wars, Jabim was a world that the Galactic Republic basically ignored until it was too late. And because of the lack of assistance from the Senate, the Jabim Congress would side with Count Dooku's Confederacy of Independent Systems. Interesting. And of course, the Republic didn't want to lose the mines and whatnot to the enemy. So they stationed a bunch of strike forces on a nearby planet, Handuin and they were ready to deploy at a moment's notice. Eventually, though, Jabeam would suffer the same fate as so many other planets being overmined for its resources.
1: Well, that's interesting. So I guess that's something to, to pay attention to when we get to Jabeem. If it's littered with old Confederate tech, yeah, you know what I mean? Like if there's a bunch of droids or something hanging around, or repurposed battle droids,
2: yeah,
1: it'll be interesting to see how much of that stuff... I actually like when they get these references and they start pulling them forward, because now, yeah. Yeah, maybe- now it's one thing when it's a character now we're talking about places. So now the, the inference of this was a Confederate world. Yeah. I'd like to know like how much are they going to? Yeah. Yeah, exactly. Are they going to adhere to that? Who knows? Yeah. If they don't, they don't. And that's fine too, but it'd be cool if they did.
2: Yeah. So uh, next we catch up with Leia, and she's running down a tunnel and she finally reaches the end, but pauses in the shadows and a voice tells her, don't be afraid and come closer. And Leia asks, are you the person I'm supposed to meet? But they reply, unfortunately, they couldn't make it, but I'll take you from here. And the camera turns and we see a silhouette of the third sister. It turns back and pans out to reveal that the pilot, now slain, is on the floor.
1: It's not lost on me that he's got uh, Bodhi Rook vibes with the goggles on his head. Totally, totally. Um, Did you get a close-up of that helmet? I did not. That helmet's got some pretty uh pretty familiar looking lines on it.
2: I did not dial in on that one. No,
1: you don't see uh, X-wing pilot helmet vibes in that.
2: A little bit. Or
1: pre-cursor kind of a precursor to? Yeah, yeah, indeed.
3: yeah, but yeah. We uh, we cut to black, and that might have that, been my that. only problem with the episode, oh. I guess.
1: How did she get to the end of the tunnel?
3: How did she get around her? Yeah. Uh. Other than that, man. presumably the tunnel yeah it has more branches
1: yeah there's it's a network of tunnels and she was able to double down and and turn around and
2: technically if there's only one port within that mining camp yep as long as she went there well that's true
1: that is that is true and i mean if it's a droid access point where the droids would just march out to the to the landing platform but again with it having the whole like Oh, all the stuff scratched into the walls. That's and Tala kinda... got
3: out and back to Obi Wan without being intercepted by by Reva. So,
1: we get another Facebook comment uh, coming in saying that she's been there before. Is that possible? That is entirely that is entirely possible. That's a
3: very. I don't know who that was, but very, very good, very good call. That 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 is entirely possible maybe um, what
2: was haunting her when she stared at that wall was she's passed literally i mean it is a
1: imperial controlled mining world i mean if they've if they've been funneling jedi or other force users through there for some time there is a uh, entirely a possibility that she has been there before mm-hmm. why she wouldn't have put the two ends of the tunnel together previously or, i don't know i don't know maybe. but i like that
3: yeah, that's that's it's pretty. Yeah, that that'd be a cool uh, little twist for sure.
1: I do yeah. like that. That's a uh, wow. Yeah, part, part three. That's part
3: three.
1: Uh, and we ran a day later this week, so we're actually closer to part four. So yeah, don't have to wait as long. You're not gonna have to wait as long. They're for hitting that. rapidly. And, uh, they are. Uh, have you heard um, the uh, rumors? Of rumor for another season.
3: For another season, uh, fueled by Ewan McGregor's interview where he said, "I'll do it again." <laughs> And now the rumors <laughs> yep. are that they're they've rewritten the finale or re-shot the finale to accommodate that. But I I mean this thing's been in the tank for nearly a year. It doesn't that actually doesn't ring true to me. Um, to
1: to pull that off would be
3: So we do know a few things. It's the highest rated streaming thing on Disney Plus. Highest ever, debut.
1: Highest watch debut of a right. of a series on
3: Disney Plus. Yeah. Yeah. Sorry, Mandalorian. <laughs> mm.
1: Well, I mean, Mandalorian season three is probably going to get. I mean, all the Mandalorian yeah, fans there. are coming back for it, so yeah, <laughs> it'd be interesting to see how that how that holds up.
3: Right, and then Ahsoka's um, probably going to kick that one in the can, and then yeah, the yeah. And, yeah, I mean, but,
1: but again, I mean, it's
3: the Renaissance.
1: I don't think Disney's ever released any numbers, so we don't know how many people no, that, not that way.
3: No, we don't know. I know I've watched it about forty times, if that counts, <laughs> <laughs> swelling the numbers up a bit.
1: This episode I've watched uh, twice for sure. And I, I feel like I should watch it again just as a, God, ah, get ready for this week's episode. Yep. <laughs> I mean, a
3: couple of times I, wa- I I just, all I did was I'm going to watch this just for Vader. And I watched it like and skipped every you know, fast forwarded just to the, the Vader four, sequence. Yeah. Just yeah. watching the, uh, uh, just, you know, studying the voice for a bit and then step watching them, the body language and watching the, I mean, the first time I watched it was just fear, you know, like it really yeah. did its job. And then I, I got to analyze it. And, and uh, yeah, I mean, I was super happy the the, the, the fact that that people are going crazy. Um, uh, first of all, I have to say that I'm really proud of, of us, uh, and, uh, and most of the fandom, uh, because it is a small minority that is being these jerks. Uh, they're, they're, yeah they're a, they're a very vocal minority and that's unfortunate. Uh, But I, I did uh, a couple of uh, Facebook posts uh, on different groups that I'm in. And um, as did I both, you know, one, one about Reva, one about Satine and the one that I did about Satine got almost nine K interactions, 500 shares stuff. People are really like positive things. You know, they love, they love a love story. They love the character of Obi-Wan. They love the character of Satine. And the support post that I put up uh, for Moses Ingram also got 8.5k of, uh, you know, there's a few people that were being ignorant, mostly, mostly people that, that were ignorant in the comments. Yeah. But when you look at the likes and the, and the hearts and the, the cares and all that stuff.
1: It all outweighs um, the, the it, comments. It, yeah. yeah,
3: because people are just commenting to hear you know, so, and I, you know, I'm starting to. If I can interact yeah. intelligently and not be a bully I don't I'm not in the mood to bully people and I'm not in the mood to like you know set somebody straight who obviously is just doing that not to be set straight just to start when I'm I not in, I'm not interested but when I, I can, see it
1: sorry no no I go was ahead. gonna I was gonna say when I see a Facebook post that is the you know the it was somebody who had reposted the official Star Wars post uh that supported that defended Moses Ingram right and it had 35,000 reactions. Yes. And at the time that I saw it, 3,400 of those were laughing emojis. Just And crazy. my first thought was, there's 3,400 people I need to block.
3: Right. Right.
1: I don't need you in my uh, life. No. People are, di- you disgust me.
3: Yeah, that's, and it, you know, and that's what the comments were for the most part. I, yeah. I mean, it's, it slowly changed. as the As the trolls lost their steam, then the real people started coming out and saying, you know, oh no, like, we we hundred percent. You know, people were backpedaling on the racism, trying to go, "No, I just didn't like her acting." Well, that doesn't even stand up because her acting. This is this is the one fantastic. I like the
1: most. This is the one I like the most about that. Did you see the racist comments? Like right. they didn't like. You think she's making this up?
3: Right, right. You know, yeah. Like, uh, and you can What's see wrong them. You with can go you? on her Instagram and look at them. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> and it, you know, and she she even did a video where she's like, "I'm not even sure how to." except that I need to do this because I'm not the kind of person that eats crow.
1: Yeah. Um, What did she say? She's like, you guys, y'all are weird.
3: Y'all are weird. (laughs) That's what she said. (laughs) Y'all are weird. (laughs) Right. You love something so much that you hate it and it just doesn't track. But I, I want everybody to know that like, you know, ignore that stuff. If you can, don't let it get under your skin, especially, uh, you know, the, don't it's be not part worth of our hate. time. No, don't, don't. No, Star Wars. Down to the best level. thing that they've done in ten years is to come right out and say that that that, that sort of crap doesn't have any any place in Star Wars. And that's when right. I, when I see yeah. the actors coming out, that little the Ewan McGregor coming out, and, you know, uh, the video
1: that he did from the car,
3: from the car, brilliant yeah. stuff. And that's what we need from from, yeah. from our from our people. And 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 I said well, it in I mean, a post, I don't know if you saw the comment. Was it, I responded to one comment? And I said, you know um that i believe that comment was like this is this is all orchestrated it's fake it's just you you're defending something that doesn't need to be fended and i said look i i don't agree with you in fact and 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 after what we and i put we in quotation marks is like we the fandom did to jake lloyd i'm not gonna let anybody do that to anybody ever again if i jake lloyd
1: i'm at best um um Kelly Marie Tran Kelly Marie Tran and even and to, to and some Vera. degree right and to um oh my lord
3: John Boyega thank
1: you John Boyega Right. right. have we learned nothing
3: right so these are I, people? I'm not going to I'm not going to allow that on my watch if I see no, it I'm no, going to no. stop it dead in its no. tracks
1: yeah and i mean uh, as part of the uh, as part of the community where we like to we like to embrace and we like to support and we we like to have we love to to be in the galaxy far, far away. I mean, uh, it's not something that uh, it's it can be hard to talk about, but it's something that we have to talk about, and we have to. We be... look like
3: three old white men, but we have everybody's back.
1: <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. I said it uh, in in my own uh, in my own way in defending uh, Moses this week. I said this, and this isn't just to, to Moses. This is to everybody, and and just remember that everyone is someone's someone. Yeah, man. Love, not hate. All right, guys. I think uh I think we've uh we've hit all the all the points we wanted to hit. Hopefully. Did we?
2: I think so. All right. I think so. Another great episode.
1: And before and you know it, we're gonna be
2: Yeah, I can't wait for the next yeah, one.
1: Yeah, I cannot wait either. Things I want to see going forward. Um I don't have any real big predictions for the next episode. Uh the Grand Inquisitor must return. Yeah. he must return he will return he will uh, return. I have every confidence that he will but i would like yeah. to see him return I, in the series i think that will satisfy a lot of uh a lot of complaints uh want to see ben get his lightsaber back <laughs> <Yeah>. mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. <laughs> uh, and uh wow i mean if this was a uh, uh, duel number one mm-hmm. i cannot wait to see yeah, the like, uh yeah round two
3: like i said to uh one of the young fellas on facebook don't worry He's going to take Vader to school. Yeah, Vader's maybe. about to get schooled. <laughs> right. And uh, I really like the rumor, and it's not really a spoiler, because we know he's been cast. We just haven't seen him yet. But I yeah. I heard a pretty strong rumor that uh, O'Shea Jackson Jr. will be Quinlan Voss. Really? Oh, very cool. Very, very cool. Yeah, man.
1: All right, guys. Well, that's it for me uh yeah like i said we'll be back uh sooner than later uh we got an episode coming out here in two days which means uh you'll catch us next sunday same uh fandom time same fandom place right here uh on uh youtube facebook twitter twitch however you might be watching or consuming us you can always catch the uh the replay on youtube at your uh leisure over at uh sawcast productions on youtube and you can get our audio show wherever podcasts are gotten Uh, and that's it until uh, next time my friends for fandom power my name is west
3: i'm andy i'm hank we'll see you guys on the next one
1: always always Bye. bye for now guys
0: hey guys thanks for listening to fandom power be sure to like us on facebook and follow us on instagram and twitter stay tuned for our next episode where we'll be talking about another one of your favorite fandoms fandom power is a sawcast production